Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial. And they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is the Roy Green Show. approach is and will be this. We will not escalate and we will not back down. Judging by the feedback I have received in the past few weeks, countless Canadians of many diverse political points of view agree with this approach. Let me just check my Twitter account at the real Donald Trump. No, nothing yet. That was the voice of Christian Freeland, the foreign affairs minister for Canada, yesterday in Hamilton talking about the tariffs and the tariff for tariff, tit for tat version with Canada and the United States. And the minister saying that uh, just about everyone she's talked to agrees with the position Canada has taken. There's a lot ahead. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to now speak with uh, Andrew Scheer, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Ms. Freeland was in Hamilton yesterday, and the Conservative Party leader federally is also in Hamilton today, which, of course, is the site, uh, traditional site of steel mills in this country. Mr. Scheer, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Do you agree with, uh, with the minister that, uh, that Canada, that Mr. Trudeau is taking the appropriate approach? Well, we believe that on steel and aluminum, uh, absolutely, that uh, that, that countervailing measures should be taken. Uh, we've actually called for, on those particular items, the tariffs to be put in much quicker. Uh, the, the, the Liberal government has allowed for several weeks now uh, an unfair playing field between Canadian and American producers of, of steel and aluminum with tariffs being imposed on Canadian products, but American steel and aluminum being able to come into the country without. So, uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts and, and our primary concern is always those workers who are, are affected by these types of trade disruptions. And, uh, and so we do believe that, that, that on those particular items, it is, it is appropriate to, uh, to take this, this kind of response. Let me put you in the Prime Minister's office. You're now running this country. You're the Prime Minister of Canada. You're dealing with Donald Trump. You're facing the same situation that Mr. Trudeau is facing. How do you approach it? Well, look, uh, there's no doubt that this particular administration is, uh, is pro- proving to be a challenge with, with many countries who have traditionally had uh, stable trading relationships. And, and, and so this is, a, this, is, this is a challenge for political parties in, in many countries, not just, just Canada. What we can control, though, uh, is, is our own economy. And when you look at the, the steps that 
uh, Donald Trump has taken to bring jobs and investment from Canada to the United States, move uh, investment from Canada to the United States, uh, we don't believe that Justin Trudeau should be helping him in any way. Uh, so when we see $18 billion deficits, when we see tax hikes that are uh, making it harder to, to do business in, in this country, uh, regulatory regimes that's pushing out foreign investment, uh, we believe that that weakens our, our position to fight for jobs and investment here. When when fewer uh, companies and fewer people are looking to invest in Canada, uh, then there are fewer voices fighting uh, in other countries to, to, to keep trade open with Canada. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it is unfortunate. And I believe uh, very, very strongly that the government missed an opportunity in their budget to adequately set set aside uh, funds or, or a contingency plan for precisely what we see happening. So the announcement this week for uh, for the compensation and, and, and aid to workers affected by this trade trade disruption is now b- being done in the context of, of, of a deficit that is already $18 billion. So uh, the government has spent the cupboards bare when times were good, and now that we, 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 we live, we're now in a situation where the government should be responding, uh, that, that's now being done in a context where uh, they've really weakened their ability to do that with these massive new deficits. Okay, let me go through some other points with you fairly quickly, because we have limited time with you today. I appreciate you coming on. Doug Ford's first full day as Premier of Ontario today. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, we're very excited to have uh, another ally in the fight against the carbon tax. Uh, this was something that featured prominently in the election campaign. The, the, the Liberals would like people to believe that uh, Canadians generally support the carbon tax. And we we feel very strongly that that they don't. We the polling shows that. And now, election results in in, major, in in Ontario validate that. So we're we're excited to work with him. He joins Premier Mo of Saskatchewan uh, in in the fight against that. Uh, we we believe. Uh, I'm, I'm very encouraged by some of the signals that he's been taking about regulatory regime you know a lot of people talk about growing the economy and and they often you know just think that that means government spending or new programs but there are so many regulations in this country both at the provincial municipal and and, and federal level that impedes investment impedes growth and and costs businesses and prevents them from able uh, being able to expand so i'm encouraged by the by those early uh, signals that that he's already sending well you know with uh, saskatchewan opposing the carbon tax ontario now obviously also opposing the carbon tax if jason kenny wins in alberta he's going to do the same thing that pretty much is the death knell for the carbon tax, or at least Mr. Trudeau is going to have an awfully difficult time to push it through for the rest of the country. And I have a feeling that you're correct, that a um, significant percentage, maybe the majority of Canadians, don't really feel so strongly about this carbon tax being what we require. They, we, we did spend, the Prime Minister did uh, eventually, and I had a bet with a colleague of mine who still owes me $2 on this. Um, the Prime Minister did commit $4.5 billion for the Trans Mountain Pipeline extension but there doesn't seem to be any hurry to get shovels in the ground. What do you What do you know about this? <laughs> well, there, there's a saying, uh, you know, uh, in social media, when when someone makes a claim to something, that uh, people often re- respond by saying "picks" or "it didn't happen." In other words, you know, you have to send proof that that, that it actually uh, is is occurring. What What we're seeing with with the Trans Mountain debacle is just a, a continuing bungling of of the file. The 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 idea that we now have a Liberal government taking $4.5 billion from Canadian taxpayers to give to American investors to build pipelines and other types of uh, energy projects that compete against our Canadian companies 
is, to me, the greatest indictment of Justin Trudeau's failed energy policy. Uh, Kinder Morgan was not looking for a handout. They weren't looking for a bailout. They wanted to spend money in Canada. Now, because of uh, the Prime Minister's decisions, they're taking money out of Canada and using it to compete against us. So whether or not it gets built at this point is is almost uh, a secondary issue because we now live in a, in, a, in a country where the government needs to nationalize a project in order to get it built. Yeah. It never that, that wasn't the case for decades prior. With uh, Andrew Scheer as Prime Minister of Canada, would Energy East be back in play? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I believe that we should be self-sufficient when it comes to energy. And uh, we, we had a, a viable proposal on the table to bring Western Canadian energy to displace foreign oil. Motorists in, in Ontario, Quebec, and Atlantic Canada uh, fill up their tanks with a significant percentage of foreign oil. And we had a private sector company that wanted to use investors' money to build a major nation-building type project. And the only reason why it was killed is because of the Liberal government decision to impose a double standard on uh, GHG accounting on them. But, and, and so I believe that, that, that uh, as a Conservative uh, Prime Minister, I would invite the proponents back to the table and say we're going to remove this double standard that penalizes Canadian energy and favors foreign energy, uh, and, and, and let's come up with a streamlined process. And if the business case is, is, is there, then I believe uh, it, it can and will be built. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a really significant issue. This this whole idea of getting our natural resources to the international marketplace that obviously wants it, and it would help this country. I'm going to be speaking with the uh, executive vice president of Fraser Institute later on this hour, and Canada's second last in a group of 17 industrialized nations that are um, uh, where where money is being placed, where money is being invested. Canada's second last out of. Uh, 17 industrialized nations. What do you what do you make with Stephen Harper going to the White House on Monday? Well, you know, he's a he's a private citizen and and uh and he's, you know, free to 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 take these types of things. I, I note that uh Minister uh, Chrystia Freeland indicated that that she viewed this as a a positive opportunity. Anytime conservatives meet with our counterparts uh, around the world. We, we promote free and open trade. It's a, it's a key principle. It's a, it's a conservative legacy. And I have no doubt that, uh, like, like any other uh, member of parliament, past or present with, uh, within our party, that that, uh, that message would be uh, communicated. The Prime Minister has asked other conservatives like Brian Mulroney and uh, Rana Ambrose, our former interim leader, to, to help out. I've gone down to Washington to meet with officials there and, and congressmen and women and uh, and again you know promote that uh, the principles of, of free trade being good for for both countries but if I, if I, if I can just touch back on, on what you mentioned about Canada being uh, near the bottom when it comes to getting our resources to market that, that is something that, that that affects all Canadians it's, I think sometimes there is some uh, some people and, and some politicians who believe it's just a Western Canadian issue, uh, it's not. There are so many jobs throughout Ontario that depend on our natural resource sector. There are opportunities in Atlantic Canada for refinery jobs to to, to, to be created with things like Energy East. Uh, the United States has gone from being one of our biggest customers to being our biggest competitors. And we have a Liberal government that is making it more difficult to get these types of projects built. So they're going in completely the wrong direction. And and the quality of life for all Canadians is going to be greatly affected by the damage that this government's doing to our energy sector. Well, I want to say one thing in conclusion. I've been pretty hard on you uh, recently about uh, what I perceive to be not the best way to be approaching the next year in the election that's uh, that's underway. I have a, I've revised my opinion 
Um, you should be the first to know that. And I also wanted well, to say, you. also wanted to say to you, one thing that matters is that you were like other party leaders. Unlike other party leaders, you, even though I was directly challenging what you were doing, you did not make it impossible, or you did not instruct any of your caucus members not to speak to me, which has happened with political leaders in the past. So I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I like what I'm hearing you say, Mr. Shear. Thanks for the time today, and happy Canada Day. Well, thank you. I always welcome constructive criticism. It, uh, it helps me improve. But uh, I, I've been underestimated before, and, and uh, you know, I've got a year to get my message out and to connect with voters, and ultimately it's in their hands. But I'm very pleased with the progress we've made in the last uh, year. Just keep kicking them down. <laughs> Thanks for the time. Thanks very much, Ray. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. And Andrew Shear, the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and he has not made it um, impossible for his caucus members to speak with me. And I sort of anticipated that might happen after I was critical of him because it's happened in the past. A certain prime minister of this country, not too far in the past, from what I understand after I did an interview with him that caused him some national embarrassment because of what he said, not because of what I said, uh, I was told that my name had a big blue marker pen um, X on it. So, so I appreciate Mr. Shear not uh, not telling his caucus they can't speak with me. And to that point, Michelle Rempel's going to be with us at the top of the next hour speaking about the issue of, uh, of immigration. When we come back, we'll talk with Dan Kelly, the president and the CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business.